Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Matthew chapter 21. If you have your Bible, uh, you can turn the page. If you have your glow-in-the-dark Bible, just click and tap in Matthew chapter 21. And it reads, uh, starting from verse 1 through 11, it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite, of, opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. I want you to look at the person next to you and tell them the Lord has need of you. <clears throat> and, immediate, and the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which has been spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming to you. Lowly and sitting on a donkey, a cult, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. And they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set, them, set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna. Can someone shout Hosanna in this house? Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. I want to talk to you on this subject today entitled, I am on my donkey flow. I'm glad five people appreciated that message. Title. Usually when the preacher announces the title, let me acclimate the church congregation in this house. Uh, let's try this again. I want, I want to introduce to you the title of today's message. I am on my donkey flow. Amen. They have redeemed themselves. Can we bow our heads for a second? Just for a second. Father, we, we thank you, Jesus, for these next few moments that we're going to share your word. Father, we pray that you speak to our hearts and minister to us in a special way. God, we believe in you and we know that nothing can move without you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And, and Father, we pray that this word may be much more than just a message that we're sharing from a pulpit. This may be more than routine and tradition and what's mundane and monotonous. God, this may be a word that is fresh and new. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people shout amen and amen. One more time, if you're alive in this house, give God some praise in this room. Amen. I'm going to ask Odin, can you bring this? I'm going to come down here. Uh, 
I want to ask you guys this question. Uh, I don't know about you. Have you guys, are you guys like me where, um, how many of you, no matter how old you are, no matter what age group you are in, you absolutely know how to identify with superheroes? Odin is the only one. Amen. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like when you, when you watch a movie or maybe you watch a sitcom or you watch a show and and you start identifying with the superhero, like you, you look at the superhero and, and you, just, you just know that that's you. You know what I mean? Like you ever watched Wolverine and you were like, as a kid, you're like, yeah, that's me. See, us growing up as children, we had four boys, right? And for the most part, it was actually only three of us uh, until Ruben's immaculate conception. Yeah, that's what my, my uh, mother says and she's sticking to it. And... Uh, you know, it was three of us for the most part, and what we would do is that we would watch these shows, and as, as we watched these shows, we would, we would, have you ever, you guys remember this show, Thundercats? Thunder, 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 Thundercats! Thunder, 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 Thundercats! You guys remember that? Uh, who are you? You were what? She was Chitara. Who are you? Panther. Right, you identify, you knew who you were in the show. Like uh, one, of our, one of our wholesome or more wholesome shows that we were allowed to watch because some of the shows we weren't allowed to watch, that's when actually parents were, uh, did this thing called parenting and they didn't allow their kids to watch everything. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody, do we got any parents in the house that censor some of the kids, that, some of the stuff their kids is watching? Amen. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Uh, you guys remember this show? Captain Planet. You ever remember that? I don't know what's happening with my mic. It, it's kind of going in and out. Uh, do you guys remember Captain Planet? He's, he's actually better than Captain America. He's the supervisor of Captain America. I made that up. Uh, Captain Planet, he's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Gonna... Right? And what, we, what, what did we do? We, we were like, earth, fire, wind. What about the Asian girl? Water, heart. You guys remember that? I was so awesome. I was none of those guys. I was actually identified with Captain Planet. I was the leader. I was like, hey, guys, we got to save the world today. Right? What about, what about this show called uh, Power Rangers? You guys remember Power Rangers? Uh, some of the millennials think that this is a movie that just came out, but before it was a movie that just came out, it was something called Power Rangers. And everyone wanted to be the Red Ranger. Huh? All the men wanted to be the Red Ranger until the Green Ranger came out. Right? And then the Green Ranger turned into the White Ranger, and everybody wanted to be the White Ranger, and all the girls wanted to be the Pink Ranger. Right? All the men wanted to be there. How come nobody wanted to be the Blue Ranger? Like, what? That was you, Odin. That was you. Um, <laughs> right, nobody really wanted to be the Blue Ranger. Everybody fought. And so what we did uh, uh, growing up, we, we then evolved into this show. It was risky. What about the Ninja Turtles? You remember that? I was Michelangelo. Hey, Cowabunga, dude. Right? One of us was Leonardo. The other one was Donatello. Uh, who was Raphael? One of us was Raphael. Were you Raphael, Raul? I don't know who you are. I think you were Leonardo because you were the oldest. Right? And, we, and, 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 and then we had this show called X-Men. We had Wolverine, right? 
Well, as we grew up, we, we loved superheroes, right? And us watching these shows, one of the things that we absolutely loved was pretending after we watched the show that we were the characters that we were watching. And uh, we became enamored with our favorite superhero. And for my brother Raul, he loved Superman. And I don't know if that's, if that's cool because what happens is, is that Superman had an outfit and for some reason my brother would want to wear his underwears on top of his pajama jeans and it wasn't cute when he would do that. And, uh, and then, and then my, my, old, my, my other younger brother who is actually six foot four and uh, can beat me up at this point, uh, he was Batman. He loved Batman. Till this day, he is batman out. He loves Batman. And, and like for me, I couldn't make up my mind. So I don't know about you. Is anybody here, I don't, maybe one of us or two of us are the exception here where I kind of created my own superhero. It's not that funny, bro. Cut it out. <laughs> like it wasn't, Wolverine was good, but he just wasn't enough for Ro. Spider-Man was amazing, but he just wasn't enough for Ro. Batman was awesome, but I created my own superhero, and because here's what happened, is that we would fight each other based upon the powers the superhero had, but I realized really quickly that all the superheroes were limited, so I created my own superhero. His name was Master Changer. It's not that funny, bro. <laughs> created my own superhero called now this is before morph and this is before mystique i didn't know about those superheroes but i had master changer and every time one of my brothers came to me as my enemy i said i'm gonna become just like you because i am master changer and so they would come fight me oh you come with you're coming with with blades Whoosh, i got blades too oh you coming with uh superpowers and you can beam fire out your eyes i could do it too you know why because i am come on somebody i told you we were gonna get this going i was master changer we we loved <laughs> connecting and identifying with superheroes. And I think that, uh, I think it's normal to want to be associated and identified with something that is amazing, something that is powerful, something that is extraordinary, something that is just so, it's a full of strength. But I also think that when we, when we read the Bible, we kind of read the Bible trying to identify ourselves with the superhero of the story. Uh, you think about it, so like when we read stories like David, who are we in the story? We are David. And we hear sermons and we read messages uh, on David and we're like, yo, we are David. And let me tell you, that can preach. When you feel like you're the David in the story, man, you can go to town because you are David and you are standing before an uncircumcised Philistine and I will have your head. There is no giant that's going to stand before me. You guys are getting goosebumps right now. Right? Because David, oh my goodness, like when we read stories like Moses, oh man, we are Moses and we are about to stand in front of our Pharaoh and we're going to stand and look at him in the face and what are we going to shout? Let my people 
That's what we're going to do. You know why? Because we are the main characters of the story. We want to identify with the superheroes of the story. When we hear stories like Joshua, oh, my man Joshua, guess what? What are we going to do? We are the main characters of the story. So we're going to be Joshua, and we're going to stand before the walls of Jericho, and we're about to enter our promised land, and we're going to shout, and we're going to worship, and what's going to happen? The walls of Jericho are going to come. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach like that right there. You know what I'm talking about? The walls of Jericho, Jericho will come tumbling. Hey, what about what about Jesus and Judas? And we hear stories about Jesus and Judas and how Judas betrayed Jesus. And what do we do? We identify with Jesus. So we say, hey, you know, our betrayers is all right because they're pushing us closer to our destiny. You can betray me all you want. You can gossip about me all you want. But I'm going to my destiny. Hey, man, we like to identify with the characters, and the main characters, and the heroes of the story. But I want to submit to you today, what if we weren't the main character of the story? What if God wanted to communicate to us so that we can identify with other characters in the Bible? Like, what if we weren't David and we were actually Goliath? See, like, what if we weren't David and we were Goliath and it was God who took out his sling and threw the rock of ages to enter earth so that it can pierce our minds and our minds could be renewed and he would take out the sword of the spirit and dethrone our head so that it is not I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. See, like, what if we weren't David and we were actually Goliath? What if we weren't Moses and we were actually the pharaohs and God is trying to communicate that oftentimes we are the pharaohs in our own lives and, and, and we are inhibiting or we are preventing God's people from being set free. What if we were the people not on the mountaintop like Moses, but we identified with the people that were building up the idol so that they can worship rather than worshiping their creator? See, what if we weren't Joshua about to enter our promised land and we were actually Jericho? And it is not that we needed to enter a promised land, but it is that we needed our walls to come down. See, what if we weren't the Jesus in the story, but we were actually the Judases, and we were actually betraying Jesus with terms of endearment? What if we weren't the main character of the story that God is trying to write? <laughs> what if we weren't the main character? What if, what if we weren't the Denzel Washingtons? I'm not going to bury my son. My son's going to bury me. What if we weren't the Brad pits. I will not let a stone take my glory. Oh, no movie buffs here. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, what, if we, what if we weren't the main character of the story, but the beautiful thing is that, 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 that the main character of the story is also the author and the finisher of the story. See, I love that because it brings me good news to know that I am not the main character of the story. I am simply playing a part in the story that God is writing. I simply get to be part of what God is doing. I simply get to be maybe not an A-level character, but it doesn't matter because the A-level character is Jesus Christ, and he is not only the center of the movie. He is not only the main character of the movie. He is not only the Denzel Washington, the Brad Pitt, the Liam Neeson. You know what I'm talking about? Liam Neeson. How many times that dude's gonna lose his daughter? Like, what if he's not? What if we're not? But the good news is that the main character of the story he 
writes the whole thing and he writes the whole thing as him being the centerpiece and we get to be part of the story that he's writing. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end from the front to the back. It is Jesus Christ writing out every detail so that we can be part of what God is doing here on earth. I thank God that I get to be part of the story that God is writing. I get to be part of families being restored. I get to be part of people being transformed. I get to be part of seeing young people come to know Jesus for the first time. I get to be part of seeing couples come together and being baptized so that they can identify with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I get to be part of families being fed when they're hungry. I get to be part of what God is doing. I get to be part of the main character story. Is there anybody grateful in this house that is willing to say, thank you, Jesus, that I get to be part. I don't need to be the centerpiece. I don't need to be the center figure. I get to be part of what God is doing. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house all over this room. Come on. Because I think about us, man, I get to be part of the story. And the story that we find here in Matthew chapter 21 is a story that Jesus is about to enter for the very first time, his triumphant entry. The first time that he is acknowledged as the Savior publicly, as the Messiah publicly. This is a public declaration, declaration of our Savior. And he says, I am going to use a, a donkey. And we're going to remain using that word because we don't want to use any words. As the Bible suggests, by the way, New King James. Don't lose you, come back. And he says, I'm going to use a donkey. And, I, and this is what I think. I think, I think sometimes we, we are getting ready to have our triumphant entry. But I think there's some things that we can learn about the donkey today. Look at the person next to you. Tell him, I'm on my donkey flow. Nah, but tell him like you mean it. Tell him, I'm on my donkey flow. See, I want to give you some background here because it doesn't make sense why Jesus would use a donkey. Because you are, you are about to overthrow the Roman government. See, what they expected was a conqueror. What they wanted was a victor. What they wanted was someone that is ready to overthrow the Roman government. The Roman government is actually a higher power during this time. And they have the people of Israel oppressed. And so they have to respond to the Roman government. So the people of Israel, they are waiting for this king, this conquering king that would lead them into battle so that they can overthrow the Roman power, that they can overthrow the Roman government. And Jesus says, yeah, we're going to do that, but this is the way he does it. He comes in sitting on a donkey. Like, I don't know about you, but I'll be one of those guys that I question so much. Because I, I, I know that, like, have you ever been in that position where you really love somebody, but you're a little ashamed to introduce them? Because I'm like, Jesus, like, I told them that our Savior's coming. I told them that our country, like, why didn't you pick a white stallion? Like, why didn't you pick, give me a camel or something, a donkey? Why are you going to choose a donkey? Jesus, it doesn't make sense. Why would you ever choose a donkey to escort your triumphant entry to escort this overthrowing of the Roman government but the beautiful thing is is that Jesus 
humbles himself and he says the way we are going to overthrow the Roman government forget about you're still focused about turning around the Roman government and I'm focusing on turning around the world right side up but we're going to do that through humility he comes in like a donkey I want to see Jesus with his look at like with his Troy flow on you know what I mean coming in like Achilles huh don't correct me in public um Whatever his name is. I want to see, but he comes in like a donkey. And I want you, to, I want you to, get, to get the picture here because, see, the people of Israel, they, they wanted a king because they wanted to look good before the Roman government. Like, oh, we, you ready now? We got Jesus. He is our conqueror. We are not. But he comes in like a donkey. Like that happened to you. Like, I, I was one of those guys that, that I, I wanted to be able to introduce my father with my testimony. I wanted to be like, yeah, that's my dad, you know? That's my dad. You know, like John Q, son. I wanted to be like, yo, that's my dad, you know? But the thing is that my, my father thought it was okay. To what? My father thought it was okay to wear these tropical shirts, buttoned down, open, with a white beater underneath, a white tank top, poom poom shorts, leather shoes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is the truth. I would not make this up. My brothers bear witness. And they weren't like poom poom shorts. They were like ripped jeans, poom poom shorts. You know what I'm talking about? Like ripped jeans, poom poom shorts with leather shoes and no socks with a sombrero. Talk about God bless you. Jesus loves you. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? <laughs> That's my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So proud of him. Yeah, it's my dad. I kid you not, one time he bought us pink jeans. What was he thinking, Raul? Pink jeans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I said, Dad, like, Dad, that's my, my dad. Like, I wanted to feel, like, proud. Of his, why? Because I wanted him to make me look good. Like, that's my dad. Like, I wanted him to, I wanted to feel the way my son feels about me. That's my dad right there. That's right. That's right. And, and we are, we don't want to be identified with something that is so humble because oftentimes it makes us look bad. And so we want Jesus to reflect our desires rather than us reflect the desires of Jesus. See, I, I had this similar story because I don't know if you guys saw on Facebook, there was this before and after picture that my wife actually created and she sends it to me. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing, baby. Thank you. So I posted up. But before the posting and before it, made, it was made public, she was actually showing it to some of her coworkers. And they was she was showing the progress of the before and after, right? And uh, at that time, if you didn't see it, I weighed about 335 pounds. I lost almost like 70, 70 to 75 pounds. And... Um, and she was showing it to her coworkers, and it, it baffled me because the question that her coworkers asked was an odd question. You know what they asked her? Did you date him when he was like that? And she was like, "Yeah." And you know what their response was? Aww. How sweet of you! Like if I'm some type of charity case. Like, baby, they told me, they were like, oh, so sweet of you. You're so generous. They're like, what? See, what, what they didn't know is that my wife is actually a chubby chaser. And my wife, like, she was proud of that 335-pound man. 
You know what I mean? She'd be walking around like, that's my man. All 335 pounds of that is mine. You know what I mean? Like, she was, there was no charity case. I was her pride and joy. Now that I lost, lost weight, now she's like, yeah, that's my man right there. Too skinny for her. She says, baby, here, take a cheeseburger. Like, you get thee behind me. Right? Because we, we want to be associated with something that is greater than us and something that is amazing because it makes us look good. And so we don't make, it doesn't make sense that Jesus would choose a donkey because by him choosing a donkey, it doesn't make us look good because now our Savior is not this conquering king. He's actually this humble lamb. See, but I want to submit to you today that, that it's good that he selected the donkey because the reason that he selected the donkey is because he wanted to identify himself with us. And the reason that we might not want have wanted him to select a donkey because it does not make us look good, but he, the reason that he selected the donkey is the same reason he selected you and me. See, the reason that he selected us here, we don't want to be, like sometimes Jesus' humility gets on my nerves. Is it, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I just, I, like Jesus, why are you so humble? Like, why do you choose to bow your head instead of sticking your chest out? Why do you choose to love your enemies instead of hating your adversaries? Why do you choose to wash feet instead of stepping on people? Why do you choose to serve instead of being served? Why do you choose donkeys instead of white stallions? See, because he chooses to identify himself with us so that we can do the same and humble ourselves. And the only way we're going to overthrow the things in our life is not by sticking our chest out. It's not by filling ourselves up with knowledge so that we can be consumed with pride. It's not so that we can walk in with our head up high and proud. It's so that we can change lives and how it's done through serving others, through loving others, through humbling ourselves and living the kind of life Jesus allowed us to live by following his example. See, I want to I, I wanna look at this because it doesn't make sense that he will identify himself with a donkey when he is the creator of the universe. And he could have chosen anything, guess what? But he chose a donkey, but that gives me good news. Why? Because he could have chose anything and anybody to transform the city of Staten Island, but he chose Christ's uncensored house of worship. He chose Danny, he chose Charlie, he chose Lisa, he chose Odin, he chose Dane. I am on my donkey flow. Somebody give God some praise in this house because I may be a donkey and I may be looking real low and humble, but guess what? I'm about to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm about to lift up the Savior of the universe. I'm about to lead people into a relationship with God. Come on, somebody. It's okay because I get to be part of the story Jesus is writing. And he says, and Jesus sent two disciples saying, to them, go into the village opposite of you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied in a cult there and loosen them. I love this. I love this because Jesus, watch this. Jesus rode on a donkey because that donkey 
was fulfilling prophecy. See, oftentimes we think that there are prophetic words over our lives. Catch this, catch this, please. There are prophetic words that are written and are spoken over our lives. And we make the prophetic word about us. But Jesus selected this donkey so that prophecy can be fulfilled. You know that gives me good news. Because no matter what's been prophesied over your life, see, the donkey, Jesus knew the place, the donkey, Jesus knew the time, Jesus knew that the donkey would be there. Could you imagine? He's like, hey, go and get me this donkey. Like, are you kidding? Like, do you know, Jesus, that it, has been, it doesn't belong to us? He says, go. I, you don't know. I, I've, been, I've been here since the beginning of time, and I knew that the donkey would be there. And, and if you look at Zechariah chapter 9, you will see that he says that there will be a donkey that would carry Jesus to the cross and, 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 and that is a prophetic word. See, the prophetic word is not about the donkey, but he is incorporated in the prophetic word about Jesus. See, if you're part of Jesus' story, every prophetic word that is spoken over your life is not about you. So it's not about you. It's okay because God will be the one to ensure that it's going to come to pass. So I don't, I don't care what prophetic word that was spoken over your life. Maybe God told you you will preach for thousands and you, don't, you can't even find one person to preach to. Maybe God said you will sing before millions and you can't even sing. But guess what? If God declared it over your life, Christ uncensored, I want to submit to you this morning that if God said it, he, he will settle it. He is the author. He is the finisher. Guess what? He is the fulfiller. He didn't come to abolish the law, but to what? Fulfill it. See, so I know that the prophetic word that God releases over your life, if he said that you're going to love, then you're going to love. If he said that you're going to be set free, maybe you're dealing with an addiction right now, and God says you will be set free. Guess what? If my God said it, the Bible says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on, you can give God some praise in this house. So he says, loosen, loosen them and bring them to me. And if anyone is saying anything, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. Mm. Mm. I love Jesus' instructions. They're clear. Loose the donkey because I have need of it. See, Jesus was calling for the donkey, but the donkey had to be detached from whatever it was attached to. Did you catch that? See, Jesus had use for the donkey, but the donkey was still attached to things. And before Jesus was able to ride on the donkey, it had to be detached and loosened from whatever it was attached to. See, I don't know where you are here today, but I think many of us, if we were honest, we would admit that we are attached to certain things. And God is calling us. And God is saying, I have use for you. And God is saying, I need you in the kingdom. I've called you with a purpose. I've called you with a plan. And we are attached to certain things that are disabling us from allowing us to lift the name of Jesus and allowing us to operate in our calling because we have a been a, we've lived a life that is attached to so much. We've been lived a life that is attached to people that have let us down, that is attached to relationships that have sucked the life out of us. We have been attached to a self 
self-image that is never satisfied. We have been attached to an addiction that will leave us numb and unfulfilled. Can I ask you a question here, Christ Uncensored? What is it that you are attached to that is keeping you from fulfilling the calling that God has for you? What is it that you are attached to? Because apart from God, whatever it is that you are attached to will always be an attack to your calling. I'm going to say that again. Whatever it is that you are attached to apart from God will always be an attack to your calling. So maybe you're here and you're attached to certain things and you are tied up to a previous owner. But I want to submit to you this morning that God is calling you. I want to submit to you on this Palm Sunday. He's calling you to walk in your donkey flow. He's calling you today and he says, I'm calling you. I know you've been attached to a certain thing. I know you've been identified and associated with so much before me. But here has been prophesied 2,000 years ago that on this day, you're going to walk into your very purpose. I want to, I think there's some donkeys in this house. I think there's some donkeys in this house that maybe have been attached, but there's a calling on your life that maybe you're stuck to something and you're clinging on to something, but there's a calling on your life. It's been prophesied. It's been declared. It's been spoken over your life. I want to submit, would you be willing to detach yourself from your previous owner and be willing to fulfill your purpose, be willing to fulfill your calling, be willing to fulfill the plans that God has for you. Are there any donkeys in this house that are willing to say I am on my donkey flow? Give God some praise. Uh, not cute. I don't want to be a donkey. But every donkey got a purpose. And you don't need to be a white stallion to have a purpose. And you might be attached to certain things that have just disabled you and have kept you. From fulfilling the purpose of God. What is, it, what is it? I want you to identify today. What is it that is you're attached to? He says, loosen, loosen, loosen the donkey. Because I got use for the donkey. Loosen the donkey. Untie the donkey. What is it that your life has been tied to up until this moment? See, I know it's, it's tough to deal with that. It's tough to say, ah, oh my God. It's tough because oftentimes when you are attached to something for so long, many times it could hurt and feel like you are being ripped apart and God is pulling you away. My son went to the dentist and my son, they were pulling his tooth out from his, he's getting braces and they were pulling his tooth out from his jaw. And what they said was, he's 11 and he's going to be 12 and so the, at this stage, at this stage in the game, um, his, his teeth actually start fusing to his jaw. <laughs> and, and the older he gets, the more difficult it will take to come out. Because I asked, I said, how, how did you just loosen that tooth and it just came right out? And he goes, it's because he's still young. It, it's not, it hasn't been completely fused yet. 
But isn't it true that the longer we remain tied to something, it becomes fused. And now when God is trying to uproot it and God is trying to pull it out of us, it hurts, man. It hurts. You've been dealing with certain addictions and struggles and relationships and mindsets that God is trying to strip from your life. But here's the good news. He says, when you hear my voice, you will be loosened from that oppressor. You'll be loosened from that addiction. You'll be loosened if you're willing to say, I came to fulfill my purpose. I am on my donkey flow. I'm going to listen to the voice of God. And if he said, I have to be detached from this, then I'm going to be detached from this, even if it hurts. If he says that I'm... I don't know why I'm screaming, but I'm excited. If he says that you need to be detached from certain people, even if it hurts Christ uncensored, I challenge you today to begin to strip it off. What is it that you are attached to today? That God is trying to call you out of. Maybe you feel like you're fused to the situation, but the God that we serve is not a dentist, but he is the dentist of dentists, and he can uproot anything that is fused or that you are fused to. Don't be surprised that if this week there are certain relationships that all of a sudden disappear. Don't be surprised that if this week there are certain freedoms that occur in your life. Don't be surprised if there are certain desires in your life. And what is it doing? Is God calling you closer to him. That the more you look to be attached to those things, God is saying, no, you don't understand. I'm sending people your way to loosen you from those attachments. I need you to be on your donkey flow. I need you to come and serve me because I have use for you. He says, come, get me this, get me this donkey. Get me this donkey. Because it's going to fulfill purpose today. He gets to be part of my story. I wish the donkey had a name. Oh, what are some famous donkey names? Jack the donkey. What else? What's a donkey in Shrek? What's his name? A donkey. Isn't there a Mr. Ed or something like that? What? Don't judge me. Don't correct me in public. Igor, there we go. Whatever. What if I was to say, you know, I had to look at this text and say, you know what? I'm Rolando the donkey. It's not sexy, is it? Right? It's not sparkly. It's not glow in the dark. No, it's not amazing. But the truth of the matter is that I might be that donkey. But it's good because I get to be part of the story. Rolando the donkey gets to be part of the triumphant return and the triumphant entry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're almost done. We're almost done. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them and set him on them. This is why we do what we do, Christ Uncensored. We do what we do to lift Jesus high. And I love this because call me what you want. And people might be looking at your life and be like, oh, you're always in the church. You're, you're, you're always in the church. You're always up to lifting the name of Jesus. Next time, next, next time somebody criticizes you for be a, being a donkey, you say, that's okay. 
I'm going to be a donkey, but I'm carrying Jesus. I may be a donkey, but I'm carrying Jesus. And as long as I'm carrying Jesus, I'm fulfilling my purpose. And, and, and this donkey, what does he do? He, he lifts Jesus so that the world can see. You know what we do at Christ Uncensored? We need to call this donkey church because what we do is we lift up Jesus so that the world can see. You know why we do growth track? We do growth track so that people can know God. In other words, so that people can see Jesus lifted on high. The reason we do what we do is to lift Jesus so that they can know people. We lift up Jesus so that they can find freedom. We lift up Jesus so that they can find purpose and that they can make a difference in their life and that they can do all that God has. Uh, do we have any donkeys in the house that are lifting up Jesus so that the world can see? You guys are lucky I have 10% on my battery life. I'm going to call the worship team up. John chapter 12. And the worship team, just come quietly and remain in your seats. I want you. Look what he says in John chapter 12. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Christ uncensored is a lift up Jesus church. That is who we are. Let them criticize this donkey. Let them say we're not doing enough. Let them say we don't got everything together. Let them say what they say. Let them say we are a donkey. Let them say that we are not white stallions. Let them say that we are not camels. Let them say that we are not the best of the best. But guess what? As long as we are on our donkey flow, we are lifting up Jesus so that the world can see him clearly. Hmm. See, just like the donkey, we carried Jesus in Jerusalem. And we are most fulfilled when we are in the service of Jesus. See, when we lift up Christ, however, we are no longer ordinary people. But now we become key players in God's plan to redeem the world. This was, this was an ordinary donkey, you know? It's an ordinary donkey. But the moment that Jesus sat on the donkey, that donkey became more valuable than it's ever been. I don't know about you, but this is a, you know, when someone wears something or someone uses something that is famous, it becomes more valuable. I don't know if it's the perspiration in the shirt. But I don't know about you. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my goodness. Like I've seen people. Oh, my. That's the shirt that he wore when he played the basketball game. And it smells like funk, but it's worth so much because someone wore it. This happened to Joseph Macias. He was at Hillsong Conference. And the lead worship leader, Brooke, what's her name, Brooke? Brooke Frazier. She's the one that sings. What a beautiful name it is. He got to meet her and she took his guitar. And he told me that he took that guitar and he hung it up because he never wanted to play it again because Brooke Frazier played the guitar. He didn't say that, he didn't say that, but he was like, yo dude, Brooke Frazier played my guitar. 
that guitar became more valuable to him because Brooke Frazier played it. See, that donkey became more valuable because Jesus began to use it. See, your life is worth something. Your, wife, your life is amazing, but your life is worth much more when you place it in the use of Jesus for his kingdom. That's the truth. You will never be more fulfilled until you find yourself being used by God. You know, my wife was saying the other day, forgive me, she was just saying earlier about, you know, sometimes our, our life and you don't understand how fulfilled we feel and how complete we feel because we know that life is not even about our marriage our life is just part of the story that God is writing and we feel most fulfilled when we are fulfilling the purpose that God has called us for you know the Bible says that this donkey lifts up Jesus and he carries him in through the triumphant entry in all get to see Jesus. All get to see Jesus. And they marvel, and the Bible says that the crowd is stirred up, and they're like, who is this Jesus? He's the Messiah. He's the prophet from Nazareth. And he comes in so humble, like a donkey. be honest wouldn't we want God to show up in our lives a little bit more spectacular you know sometimes I think that we we devalue God's quiet and still voice we want God to kind of show up like we use it all the time in worship we sing come down like fire God Come down like rain. We want to see the spectacular manifestation of God. What if he was coming down quietly, humble to your heart on this road, on a donkey where many would not even notice him? What if he's knocking on your door today on this Palm Sunday and you don't feel the goosebumps? that pastor oh I felt the goosebumps I felt the Holy Spirit he shook me pastor oh that's awesome that's amazing pastor oh I started speaking in tongues that's awesome but I want to tell you that just like there are these moments of God showing up in a white horse like in his return at the rapture just like God shows up in the wind and in the storm and in the fire and in the rain, God also shows up, Christ uncensored, in that still, smooth, quiet voice. And maybe you came to the news like, Pastor, I, I, need to, I need God to shake me up. I need God to shake me up, Pastor. I want to be slain in the spirit. I want them to put modesty towels on me. Because I'm going to be so shook up. My shirt is going to be up to here. My pants. I want them to just put a coat over. I know what you're saying. I, I love those moments too. But what if God is coming into your life on a donkey? What if it's not so spectacular? What if it's, hey, are you willing 
let me speak to you in that smooth quiet voice see in the Old Testament the Bible says that he showed up to a prophet and the prophet was looking he said God speak to me speak to me God you can look in your Old Testament speak to me God speak to me and the bias the Bible says that a wind came the wind came and he's like surely this is God surely this is God and then the Holy Spirit says but God was not in the wind and the Bible says that an earthquake shook the ground in which the prophet stood and the prophet was shaking and the whole earth shook and he said surely surely this is God but God was not in the earthquake the Bible says that rain came and poured and fire came down and it says but God was not in the wind in the fire in the earthquake and then it said and then he came in a smooth subtle breeze what if God is speaking to you like that today in the smooth subtle voice that only you can hear here he's not exposing you he's not shouting you out but he's calling you he's calling you can we take a few seconds just to bow our heads bow our heads for a second we hope you enjoyed this podcast our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people and love life Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.